Hello, I'm from the Postcode People's Lottery here. We're off to see Mrs Crumbly. She's won £30,000 on her monthly draw. I bet she's going to be so excited when we tell her she's won that amount of money. Oh, just going to knock on the door. Shall be a sec? What do you want? Hello, Mrs Crumbly. I'm here to give you £30,000. Oh, bugger off. I'm isolating. to podcast 341. I'm Jean. I'm Adam. I'm Fake Keith. And I, yes, I am... Fed up of being indoors. Aww. <laughs> yep. 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 Well, it's nice of, crum- nice of Crumbly to do us an intro, even if it was a virtual intro, which matches the virtual recording in this virtual world. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of virtuals. Yeah. It is. And none of it us is. have actually heard the intro, so, <laughs> no. you know. I have. Oh, I have. Was it a good intro? <laughs> it is a very good intro. Okay. Oh, good. It, Fake Crumbly's in not- there too. It'd be nice if my weight increase was also virtual, but that one doesn't seem to be. <laughs> Hang on. How do we know fake Crumbly was in there? Does she actually speak? Yeah. Ooh. No. Sure. She did. Good grief. Rewind to listen to it. <laughs> I shall. <laughs> After the podcast, I shall. How much did he pay her for that one, then? <laughs> well, I don't know what favours were uh, given for that. <laughs> well, you got to spend your time in lockdown somehow. Well, indeed. So, without further ado... Here's the news with El Presidente. Star Wars news. Well, yeah. Taika Waititi prepares to helm. Mm. Okay. Were they actual words? Did they mean anything? (laughs) They meant nothing to me. (laughs) At some point in the future, film production will start up again, and that future is set to see the world's new favourite Kiwi, Taika Waititi, take on a Star Wars film. Mm. Waititi Mm. will be directing and co-writing this new film alongside 1917 scribe Christy Wilson Cairns. Little more is known right now, as StarWars.com, the official site run by Lucasfilm has said nothing beyond that as of yet Mm. of course you can see more of Waititi's Star Wars work as a director on The Mandalorian and also as the actor voicing IG-88 talking of The Mandalorian the 4th of May or May the 4th as Americans would say also saw news of other big name directors joining that series namely Robert Rodriguez of Sin City Machete and Alita Battle Angel fame and Ant-Man's Paint and Read. Mm. I, I didn't realise that he did uh, IG-88. Oh, did he not? Oh, I yeah. Don't, no, I didn't realise yeah. that. I know he directed one of them, but I didn't realise he did IG-88. Yeah. Yeah, he seems like doing voice work. Yeah. He did Korg as Korg. well, wasn't it? Yeah. From, uh, Ragnarok. Uh, yeah. Ragnarok and then um, Endgame. Yes. So, so, yeah, something to look forward to. It's not at all clear on what it means. There was talk of a trilogy at one point. Yeah. A trilogy, although yeah. this implies as a one-off. Yeah. When, well, where it's set... Who knows? Well, Star Wars seems pretty much up in the air at the moment about what they're doing. Yeah, and they said nothing else. No. Oddly. (laughs) So to look forward to anyway, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Discworld, another TV series in the works. Ooh. Ooh. Terry Pratchett's own production company has announced plans to bring multiple absolutely faithful Discworld adaptations to the small screen. Mm. Pratchett's loins of fruit, Rihanna Pratchett, co-director of the production company, I'm going to have trouble with this one. Narrativia said of this, Discworld teams with unique characters, (laughs) witty narrative, and incredibly literary tropes. And we feel these should be released on screen in a form that my father would approve of. Mm. Narrativia MD, Rob Wilkins, added... The Discworld books are a huge source of joy to millions of readers, and rightly so. 
Every paragraph, phrase and footnote was crafted with brilliance and flair and we are committed to bringing Terry's world to the screen with the respect and care it deserves. Mm. As of yet, we don't know when or even if this will get beyond production hell, let alone where it will finally appear. This will not be directly related to the BBC series The Watch, based loosely on the Ankh Morpok City Watch Discworld books. That is expected sometimes later in 2020. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Netflix doesn't want to get involved on this one. Yeah, maybe. It's the kind of thing that seems to be right up their street. Yeah. My concern is if it's like the Sky ones earlier in the decade, or earlier Mm. last decade, Mm. which were, although were very good come across more as trailers for the actual books because they missed (laughs) missed and left so much out yeah it's hard to be absolutely faithful when you're translating into a different media yeah yeah though though having said that the good omens books were fantastic or the good omen series was fantastic and virtually faithful it was yeah so it's possible I yeah. think sometimes it's hit and miss down to who's producing it. Yeah. It's like with the Agatha Christie's, for some reason, the people that are producing it seem to think they can write a better story than Agatha Christie yeah. and rewrite them. And you sort of thinking, well, why are you bothering? But let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Community, six seasons and a live table read. <laughs> Community may have vanished before the promise of a movie could be fulfilled, but they will return for a live table read and a Q&A on the 19th of May, 2020. The episode chosen is season five's cooperative polygraphy, and all of the regular cast from the episode will be in attendance, including Donald Glover and showrunner Dan Harmon. <laughs> Though apparently minus the episode's guest star, Walton Goggins, whose role is instead being played by the Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal. Ooh. It's all being organised to raise money for two US-centric charities, World Central Kitchen and Frontline Foods, who are providing meals to first responders and vulnerable community members around the United States. Cool. The stream will be happening at 10pm BST, British summertime, at 5pm in ET, not the extraterrestrial, <laughs> and 2pm in PT on the official Sony Community YouTube channel. So that, yeah, sounds I'm fun. ET is Eastern time, what's PT? Pacific. Ah. <laughs> the other coast. Yeah. I'm not sure a table read would be that great to watch, but the Q&A sounds like it could be good fun. Hmm. And the first time Donald Glover's been involved with them since, he left. well, episode after this, this is his penultimate episode. Yeah. No Pierce, of course, because he left by this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no Chevy Chase, probably it, for the best. Probably. <laughs> it depends with the table read, how much they put into it. Watching some of the table read-throughs of the um, Doctor Who stories are quite amusing because they actually put quite a lot into it at times. Yeah. So it really depends if they just sit there and read the scripts or almost like play it out. Yeah. I'm sure they're playing out to an extent, yeah. How many ad-libs will be thrown in, so... <laughs> yeah. My favourite actor, not... Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise! <laughs> yeah. Spaceman actor! Yep, right. <laughs> I can't believe this when I heard it. Yep. In what sounds like a very delayed April Fool's joke, NASA has confirmed that they are working with Hollywood's action box standard Tom Cruise to make a film in the actual outer space. Well, in orbit anyway. SpaceX will be shooting the perpetually midlife crisis cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. In the general direction of the International Space Station. Unfortunately, they'll be bringing him back to do some filming (laughs) on board. NASA Administrative John Bridenstine tweeted, NASA is excited to work with at Tom Cruise on a film aboard the at space underscore station. Apostrophe, <laughs> we need popular media to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists to make at NASA's ambitions plans a reality. This isn't expected to happen for a few years yet, if at all. <laughs> I, 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 every, I mean, there are actors that play one role. <laughs> and yeah. then there's an actor that makes an absolute... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he does his yeah. Own, half his own stunts, though. I mean, for crying out loud, it's like the guy's trying to commit suicide slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what the uh, news He's report got a lot from Gizmondo, I read you. Yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. wants to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, spectacular I like, fashion. I like the remake of the mummy and i thought the idea of turning the mummy into a woman was wonderful except for the um hero in it i couldn't was... stand the remake of the mummy or that remake well, it, of the mummy but i love it wasn't very good i love all the mission impossible stuff and i really like the fact yeah. that he does those stunts i think oh, it's yeah. kind of incredible i, I might unnecessary, but... stunts, but, <laughs> so? <yeah. laughs> so do we have any addendums well 
Pip Baker. Dead. Dead. Yeah, sadly so. Falling on from his uh, sister, not actual wife, uh, a couple of years ago. (laughs) 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 See that ice, Adam? It's very, very thin. Quite big in the uh, mid-RTD era. So what did they do? They did well, Ultimate Foe, the last half of Ultimate Foe. They attempted to finish off the, the whole story arc with The Trial of a Time Lord. Yeah. Mm. I thought he said mid-RTD era. Does he mean mid-JNT I era? think he means I do mean JNT. I do mean JNT. completely threw me then. I thought I'd missed a Pip and Jane Baker epic in the middle of season one or two. And if you're going to compare anyone to J&T, make it Steve Moffat rather than RTD. <laughs> Those two are much more in common, I think. <laughs> Interesting, look at Wikipedia. They have a shared page, Pip and Jane Baker. Yeah. Well, they always came as a couple. They did, well, You yeah. got one, you got the other. Yeah, because she popped off a couple of years back, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She did, yeah. 2014. Oh, it's a lot longer than I thought. Mm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. That sad. Any more addendums? No, no, I'm addendumed out. No, and that's the end of the news. So, dear listener, while we're all going slightly mad in lockdown, we've been (laughs) listening to Big Finish, New Countermeasures, Box Set 3. Pause for music. I haven't actually heard any of the countermeasures before. No. Um, okay. I no, obviously totally know them from, from the Revelation Remembrance Resurrection. I can never remember which are of the Darling ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which biblical episode. I obviously remember them. I always thought they were kind of like a precursor <laughs> to Unit. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this box set. I loved oh, the way they the characters worked with each other, especially Chunky Gilmore and <laughs> Alison. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the first one was quite interesting, and if this was set in the 70s, it definitely was mm-hmm. that 70s new age hippie vibe. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The flying saucers, the, the stone circles, the let's <laughs> chant, and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> new prog rock, new wave electronica music. It definitely tapped into that whole thing. Yeah. And then the second two really nicely linked and it didn't matter i think that i hadn't come across lady susan claire no. previously obviously history but it didn't interfere with the stories that yeah. i hadn't listened to them earlier although i have to say the one thing with this is the theme music i i really mm. do like you nick but <laughs> oh my god i hate that theme joke. oh really okay it's meant to be a bit avengersy new avengers that sort I don't of know, there's something about it that i think there's um, a tonal pitch to it that is really uncomfortable to listen to <laughs> okay i can't remember what the theme tune is it, no. it totally didn't it was louder me. than everything else i know that because we had to, oh, turn, yeah, we it had to pretty... turn it down didn't and then we? we had to turn pretty it up yeah. afterwards yeah. yeah it's a common thing with big finishes uh, i don't know why they're old theme tunes from the 60s but they've updated it with a bit more stuff oh, okay. for the, right. version i wasn't yeah. i wasn't expecting to enjoy these i sort of oh, really? yeah i just thought okay we'll listen to them because we've got to but <laughs> might as well get it might as well get it all over with in one sitting and I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I thought they were excellent. Um, yeah, yeah. A bit tongue in cheek in places. Mm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were just, they were gripping. Yeah, in that sort of 70s uh, ITC sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I do like the way they've taken the characters and they are much more fleshed out now. Well, Alison's a doctor. Are, uh, yes. Yeah. You feel that history they've had. Yeah. yeah. They've had a lot of box sets now. I think they had did it, three box sets from the 60s was it okay. this yeah. is their third box set of the 70s so they must have had at least six box sets by now plus there was a special in between to, to bridge the gap oh, crikey so do you do you know why um professor jensen did what she did at the end because there seemed to be think... there seemed to be no clue that she was going to basically do a what's it fake yeah faking her own death who was that guy walked into the sea 
Reggie Perrin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, Douglas wa- Adams. yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if, if she found something out or saw something while she was with the Daleks or whatever it was that she felt she needs to deal with on her own or, or something like that. Yeah, it's but even lead you take else. time off. You don't let your friends and co-workers think you're dead. Mm. You, you yeah. just say, I'm taking a sabbatical and go and live on an island somewhere for six months. Especially as Chunky has just declared his underlying love for her. Well, that was a sure <laughs> sign. That's why I, th- I thought that they'd killed her off because he did declare his under- underlying <laughs> yeah. love. Oh. So I thought, well, that's it. One of Bit of a trope. <laughs> yeah. Well, the explanation that she gave as a character was that she wanted just to get out, have a quiet life. But there's no way out from that sort of organisation, mm. except mm. feet first. So that's her only chance, and she just took it. It just seemed really and even props, back, didn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. Yes. I say yes and no, because there was, if you go back to reading the original Target book, yeah, Remembrance, Remembrance, there was hints yeah. of that in there. Oh, okay. I can't remember. It's probably no more abrupt than landing on an alien planet hating someone and by the end of it I'm staying here doctor because I'm marrying this person I've been in four scenes <laughs> yes, with we've, 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 in the 70s we've moved on from there so <laughs> yes but this yeah. is what they did yeah. in the 70s and this oh. is set in the 70s <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> yeah also there, there is a chance that this might be the final box set oh yeah which would be a real shame really yeah. so yeah. they're almost setting it up as if it might be but there's a way for it to continue if they yeah. wanted to mm. yeah. in which case there'll be a reason for her wanting to yeah. be out of circulation mm. and i think she doesn't live in the uk either pamela mm. salem anymore mm. so i think she's quite hard to get hold of so oh, she right. might only be a guest in the future who knows but that'd be a shame the only thing i found weird with this one and i do get this sometimes with the box sets it's almost like you had a one-parter and a two-parter yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah but there's yeah. There was no connection between the first story, the Hollow King, and then the Mabellan mm-hmm. Maneuver and the Dalek Gambit. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like they're three different stories. Sometimes, I, I, it's just me, I like either the three of them to all have a link, or I like three separate stories. It's almost like, it, it just feels a bit weird to me sometimes when you've got two and one. I think okay. it's almost a psychological thing of, I know there's a two-parter coming up, I'm waiting to hear feed-ins from the first part that are going to feed in, if you know what I mean. No, I, yeah. I liked the Hollow King one better than mm. the, uh, the, just call it the two-parter. I, I did love um, okay. Chunky's obsession with the helicopter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Well, grief>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could yeah. put this on here and you could put that on there, and you, but it's not there. I know, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Show a bit of his Air Force background there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fact that Alison was undercover. Yeah. The silly cow ate the mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. You have to in an undercover, you have to do all manner of things. Don't you? <laughs> oh, some things, though, you know, it's oh, ridiculous. <laughs> you, you take a pocket full of mints or pocket full of beef jerky and pretend, mm. pretend to eat the mushrooms, but go off and eat the beef jerky. Okay. I like mushrooms. <laughs> well, you, you would have been dead within a week. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact we don't know if they're alien, mush- alien life forms or if it's just a weird fungi. Yeah because there are thousands of types of fungi. Yeah, because yeah. if this is yeah. just a weird-ass fungi kind of stuff, Very it could come one. up again somewhere else. What was it Pratchett said? All mushrooms are edible, some of them only once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could have a few before you die, <laughs> if you get it really quick about it. <laughs> it kind of like plays on the fact that mushrooms are one organism by the fact that there's spores of one yeah. plant that spreads out and i like the fact mm. that it was kind of like one memory one creature gestalt thing it was um, a way sort of for them to great gain immortality of a type of a sort mm. and the nominal bad guy didn't actually know anything about what was happening yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he an ass? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I thought it was quite a good episode. As for, yeah, and Toby got a fair bit to do as well. Yeah. As for um the two-parter, is it wrong yeah. that I really like Lady Claire? <laughs> I just thought she, no, I thought she was should. fantastic, sort of just a total survivor, selfish survivor. Yeah, and, oh, the, yeah. and the fact that they no when she she hadn't realised she wasn't in charge. Well, she wasn't in charge of uh, the robo cleaners and yeah. Oh, yeah. basically demand commanded them to attack with everything they've got. Yeah. Well, what's it doing? It appears to be buffing the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like 
like I like the fact that you know the whole idea that alien tech could be used to actually just clean the home. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Mavellans. I mean, I love the Mavellans for very personal Obviously. reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've almost came across more as Autons than Mavellans. Yeah, yeah I was disappointed with the Mavellans. There was I, just nothing about them. I mean, I, I, I twigged that she'd been co- duplicated. Oh, he did straight mm, away. Yeah. He went, yeah. Oh, really? Is yeah, that yeah. her? And yeah. I went, yes, of course it is. Don't be silly. She's been out. I didn't notice her. Mavellans never did that. Mavellans aren't Autons. They didn't have kind of like inanimate bodies that they build consciousnesses into. They 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 are like Daleks. They they were a populated race. They didn't duplicate because it wasn't in their prerogative. But what what I mean is in Mm. in the audio, they could have been anyone. There was was Mm. nothing special about them. Whereas the Daleks, you know, the second you hear the ball, ball, it's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Daleks are It's it's hard hard to do Mavellans, I'd imagine, and make them sound any different and there was the the reference to silver hair and yeah, like and that kind disco, of stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i i was a little bit disappointed with themselves you know and they were convenient because they are an enemy of the dalek and yeah. what have you it's almost like that she managed to portray the silence as a more realistic thing than <laughs> yeah. the novellas yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't mind them i thought they were better in the dalek episode actually mm, yes when you I had think they the were. Leader. but i just i never thought the novellas would be so dickish as to think it was acceptable to invade a planet to um you know use it as a, a place for war i thought they no, i thought they were meant to be logical better than that. if dalek were likely to invade there anyway because it's strategic location then get there first population are going to be dead either way yeah, <laughs> maybe you can save a few if you uh, get there first seems yeah. too much of a Dalek like move to me They're yeah just, eh. my villains are my yeah, least least favourites alien <laughs> your least favourite good from, guy apart from the Absorbaloff which was crap <laughs> you're never going to let that go are you? No. scribble no. monster yeah Scribble yeah. Monster was excellent. Don't you have a go at the Scribble Monster? <laughs> I Daleks are godsend with that vroom, vroom, vroom. You yeah. just yeah. need the sound and it's like you know exactly it's a bit like the TARDIS. You just mm. need to hear the vroom, vroom. Yeah, They are such a wonderful creature for sound effects alone. Mm. I was quite surprised how long it took for them to twig that it was a Dalek that was killing them, considering they'd seen, yeah, it's died, the person's died, their entire internals have been yeah. scrambled, yeah. there's yeah, no mask on the outside. said, ooh, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was probably... 20 odd years ago. You'd remember like something ago. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if they never turned up again. I think that would stand out in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But yeah, it's a mm. shame that this is this is the last, potentially last one. I will, I will have to go back and listen to the others, I must admit. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. They're really good. All of them really good. Mm. I always got the feeling that this lot were actually the precursor to uni. Well, they did yeah. say, well, okay, I'm going to contact one of my people in the UN, which I, yeah. took, I took to mean they were talking to unit probably talking to colonel lethbridge stewart or something <laughs> maybe yeah it's a little yeah. unclear where they now fit in the timeline yeah because when was invasion for example set that uh, the 70s well or, or the 80s as, 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 um, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it depends on which guy timeline you're <laughs> yeah web of fear when is that I yeah. don't know. What's the gap between that and the unit in the Pertwee era? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's all yeah, vague it's and yeah, nebulous. It is, it is. A bit like our Prime Minister at the moment. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> so would we recommend people to to listen to these oh, ones? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah they're, yes. they're, they're very, we? very good. Do you think you'll go back and mis- listen to the first five, so to speak? If I should come across them, yes. The fact is, for, looking at this now, there's four box sets of the first countermeasures. Yeah. Then the special, and then uh, then three after that. Crikey, that's Plus, a lot. Plus, didn't, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, there's a Yeti in the box set before this. Ooh. Ooh, is there? Yeah, Ooh. I, I think I missed a couple of box sets. So is that, is that just going to be... <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be... Doo, 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 doo. I, can't, I can't whistle. It'll be that noise. <laughs> what was that? Oh, that's better. They've turned up in... A, legacy of Time, is it? Uh, they, they turned up in the Legacy of Time, the Seventh Doctor yeah. story, and yeah. I think they've also had two discs 
in the classic range where they've encountered the oh, Doctor, I think. Yeah, I think they're in Worlds of Doctor as well, were they? They've certainly been around a fair bit. Yeah. They don't get the love they should, this, this particular range, which is why they're, they're struggling to I, continue them. I honestly didn't know it existed until you said we were going to be reviewing it, and I thought they oh, were... Well the first ones and then we re- then i realized quite quickly they knew who lady yeah, claire yeah. was so yeah. there must be previous ones but i they'd, they'd gone under my radar mm. oh well good we got the word out a bit yay people should go listen they should do they were very very good <laughs> yeah. Karen, a great what, team Karen, what should they do if they listen to them what should they do <laughs> what should oh. our listeners do if oh, they listen to them they should write to us and tell us what they thought mm, they should. Yes. yes how can they do that gene they can email us at show at staggering stories dot net. <laughs> Jean, did I tell yeah. you I I'm I was on Professor Dave Ark in space and traitor. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, what did he cover? Yeah. You don't want to know. Um, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> you you were mentioned because Dave loves you, and I may have done an impression <laughs> of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just... Why do I have a feeling it wouldn't be flattering? <laughs> it was a bit Janet Street portery, <laughs> but with less sexual allure. <laughs> that's 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 difficult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just thought I'd apologise now. In okay. advance. <laughs> Dear listener, if you are listening to us, somebody let us know that you're out there. We're lonely in lockdown. We need yeah. to hear from you. I should have to unpack the harmonica in a minute. <laughs> you listeners, you may remember years and years ago. Was, was this oh, in Earth that, that in was? In Earth that was, in the before yes. times. Right. Before yep. the end of days. Yeah, before Keith the event. uttered the following sentence. I enjoyed Solo, but I don't think it was a Star Wars film. That's, that's quite good. That's that was a good, very good. good. Was that was very good. Yeah. Yeah. That was very, very good. I mean, I'm impressed. And then one of you fine people who were I believe it was Reese. Was it Reese? I believe it was Reese. I believe so, yeah. Reese said, but guys, what makes a Star Wars film? Would you please discuss it? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. I am so, sorry, so, so sorry. sorry, Reese. So now we're going to discuss it. Pause for music. Very good impression. It's <laughs> <laughs> my best I, I think I think we're going to have someone writing in next time, at least to say I'm never listening to you again. Well, at least we'll, oh. at least we'll know he's alive. So here we go. Let's 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 give but, our individual views. I, I first of yours, all, of course, being wrong. But first of all, <laughs> I would like to go on the record to say I am not yeah. trying to convert anyone. I am not saying that anyone's thoughts are wrong. This is just my personal belief. After the podcast, when I said I disagreed with you, you said, and I quote, bitch, you wouldn't know a Star Wars film if it jumped up and bit you on the bum. I think you may have elaborated there a bit. Just a bit. Come on, Keith, give us your reasons why Solo wasn't a Star Wars film or what makes a Star Wars film. What makes a Star Wars film? Okay. First, we'll go for the trappings. Mm -hmm. I know this can easily be counted out by various arguments, but we had hardly any empire in it. Hardly any empire. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nothing that I would actually connotate as Star Wars. There was no force manipulation, no lightsabers, no uh, fanky stuff. It Mm -hmm. it could have been a generic sci-fi heist movie. May I retort? Please do. Please do. Yes, please do. Okay, so... British films. Yeah. 99% of them have hardly any mention of the royal family or yeah. parliament, yet they are still British films. Yeah, because it, they're set in England, so at the very least you have red phone or boxes. Or Scotland or Northern They are set in England. So you have the trappings... <laughs> or the of nations around it. Or the nations around it. You have the trappings of the nations around it. <laughs> exactly, and you do in Solo. It's so clearly a Star Wars film just by the look of it just by the races that you know exist in that galaxy if you interrupt me when I'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah. you and I, <laughs> I know. will fall out I love you deeply I know I love you with all my heart 
Okay. How much longer do you think they're going to survive lockdown, Adam? <laughs> well, I think it's on the edge right now. Well, the, the shed is nearly empty now, so he can go and live in what's left of that. <laughs> See, Solo, Solo's an interesting one because here you've taken a, a character or a couple of characters yeah. who we know from the original trilogy. Yeah. And we know that Solo has never had any interaction with the Force. He doesn't believe in it. No, I know. So I if know. you do a prequel, you can't have the Force in it. I, I acknowledge that. Does that, that mean it's not Star Wars? I acknowledge that. So you have the other trappings of the Empire. There, there. Which was only within the first... 10, 15 minutes yeah, of the film? Yeah, but the threat of the Empire is there, and he's uh, he's very much... Did you just fart? No, I didn't. <laughs> you just lifted your, your leg direction. up as if you were farting. <laughs> you get. So, anyway, the threat of the Empire was there. As we've decided, we've agreed, he was a loner, he was a scoundrel, he was a... What's that word that he was? Herfnerder? No. Oh. Smuggler, that's it. Unless I, it directly affected him, politics is just something that happened to other people. I, but the threat of the Empire was there. I, Therefore, it's a Star Wars film. I, I believe Jane wants to interject. What gives you that idea? She, she's jumping up and down, waving her she's hands on the little screen. She's got very blurry around <laughs> yeah, her, hasn't she? It's either that or she's throwing shapes. <laughs> I think she might be. Is this a gang thing I she's got growing be. on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's voguing oh, now. Oh, oh. It's, it's like the 80s reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Jim. Um, it's funny. I kind of agree and totally disagree with with uh, Keith here. I actually liked Solo as a Star Wars film because it had things in it that iconically were Star Wars. It had Han Solo, mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon, the Wookiee, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Episode one and two of Star Wars felt nothing like a Star Wars film to me at all. Yeah, um, they were it, completely it set was, within the Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they are. <laughs> the Star Wars part of the whole trilogy, they had no feel. It really wasn't until you had R2-D2 and C-3P that it actually kind of started to then feel like a Star Wars film. I agree with that. And I'm, I'm really not sure what it is. What it is that makes it feel like it is... And I don't think it's just having the lead actors in it. I think the whole look and everything, the first two, it was so alien to... And it didn't look rugged enough, it didn't look dirty enough, mm. it kind of almost felt like it was a computer game rather than a real story that we were watching. Mm-hmm. The prequels definitely had that issue where we were accustomed, particularly at that time, to a certain level of action-adventure from Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. It was swashbuckling, it was sci-fantasy, but that was all then suddenly derailed because we're talking about politics and trade negotiations and stuff like that, which didn't feel like Star Wars. Yeah. Agreed. Whereas I think Solo, much more did. Although if we then look at Rogue One, that's a war film format. But yeah, that, that still felt like that Star Wars. That, yeah. More so yeah. than the like, prequels. If, if you jumped into other universes, Firefly feels like Star Wars. Definitely. It's got that, Definitely. that look got that and that yeah. feel it about feels it. it. To me, degree. To yeah. me uh, Serenity, Firefly, feels more like Star Wars than Solo did. What? Well, what? Yeah. Sure, I'd get it. I don't agree with that. I, 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 yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with Jean that uh, the first trilogy had all the trappings of uh, of Star Wars, but didn't feel like yeah, Star Wars. Agreed. I agree with that, simply because they were bad films. Yeah. They were <laughs> terrible films. They, it started off well with Phantom Menace, to my mind, and, but that is simply down to the Darth Maul uh, lightsaber fight at the end. Mm, that was, yeah, that was great. That's, Still the best fight they've ever yes, had. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the only reason why Phantom Menace feels like a Star Wars film to me. That yeah. is that small section, but it went rapidly downhill from there and certainly the last one Revenge of the Sith where I saw the uh, the making of before I actually saw mm-hmm. the film and viewed this <laughs> and viewed this <laughs> fantastic fight that when it actually appeared on the screen was boring mm. yeah that wasn't that's the worst thing great. you could say about a fight yeah, boring, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, Rogue... it really to me it didn't feel like they were actually in many respects set in the same universe yeah. although it had the same look and yeah, everything I'm, I'm... it was a bit like Carry On Cleo. Carry yeah. On Cleo looks wonderful because it was on the same set as Clear Platra. Yeah. But it's a totally different movie, <laughs> yeah. yet it, it has the yeah. same set, it yes has no. the same story. <laughs> but you would never put Cleopatra and Carry On Cleo in the same universe. Yeah. And it's almost no. like that. It's almost like we put this story in the same set, the same universe, etc. Got a similar story, 
but it feels so unrelated to the rest of them. But I, think, I can't tell you what what it is that isn't working with it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, you know when it's right, but it's hard to tell when it's wrong. I, if you look at the sequel trilogy, I would say they tried too hard to make that feel like Star Wars. Mm. They took so many elements from the original trilogy and just transplanted them into the, the sequel films. There, they they went too far. Yeah, this is Star Wars. Look at it, it's Star Wars. So I think you can go overboard. Oh, yeah. 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 If, if I knew what the magic formula is to make these, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in an office in Hollywood somewhere writing them out. No, I, I you, don't have the answer. You would be serving tables in Hollywood, bemoaning the fact that some bastard stole your <laughs> idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know how to fix them. And I'm not saying how they should fix them. I'm only pointing yeah. out what I think is wrong. Uh, back to, to Rogue One. Rogue One, yes, yeah. feels Star Wars. The best way I can sum that up, if uh, A New Hope was the Battle of Britain, then Rogue One is Platoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess I don't understand why you. I I can't my, I can't join your thoughts. My, my for, next for solo. My, my right. next point. My next point is the uh, most obvious one for me is the trappings. I mm-hmm. the the to my feelings the Empire isn't there enough. It is only there within the first 15 minutes and then dispensed with, and you don't see them again. They are not the villain. My next major problem is no character development. Mm. Han Solo, at the beginning of uh, Solo, is a a cocky little street urgent (laughs) who's full of himself and he's a wide boy. By the end of it, he's a cocky little urchant who is on a different planet full of himself there is no major shift if we take the first film of, of the first trilogy luke finds out about the uh and properly about the empire properly about the force and by the end of it he's joined the rebellion second film he's in the rebellion learning about the force full of his confidence by the end of it he finds that his actual father is there in me number one his uh ch- his mentor may have been have lied to them and everything isn't white and as cream cut as it is he's had a major life turn turnaround by the end of it they won the empire is defeated and everyone lives happily ever after all three films are a major event in luke skywalker's life by yeah, but I... solo you don't have any major event i think you have quite a lot of major events he he gets off of corellia he gets out in, into the world he gets into that the whole smuggling the underworld there bear in mind that solo was meant to have a sequel film, yeah, that's the trouble which never happened that's the yeah. trouble sort of comparing uh, a trilogy to just the first part yeah of a, yeah, yeah that's, duology, that's yeah. the trouble uh, <laughs> a new hope was just our hopeful uh, one-off with hopes of having a trilogy I... where solo was set up to have a sequel yeah so we have no happened. so we have no major character development yes he uh, gets off sorry i'll be with you in a minute gene i really will <laughs> um yes he gets off corellia yes he joins but he's he fundamentally he is still the same i kind mm. of agree with keith on this one that's one of the things i, I liked the Han Solo story but I was a little bit disappointed similarly that by the end of it I didn't want him to become Solo as we saw him but I had expected him to become a little bit more jaded after everything he'd gone through to start to begin to see some of the characteristics that we would then recognise as Han Solo that we see later on be seeded in. I didn't even see any of those kind of like seeded into there. He couldn't because if he did then what's the point of star wars he makes all these leaps character leaps in star wars when he comes back and saves the day all solo had to do was put him out into the big wide universe and set him on the right path he couldn't become the solo we knew from the end of star wars onwards yeah, not for me. Give him a bit, of a, wars, bit of a mentor to I'm, put him on his yeah. path. Too. I'm thinking more the star, the solo we sit in a see sitting in a cantina who shoots first. Yeah, that's I, a, like that's that solo. Sometimes. We didn't. Yeah. we well, didn't. That, he got that so was set jaded. up in solo mm. because uh, his mentor shot first. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, but his yeah. mentor shot first. So again, it's not something that actually th- these are, these are the fundamental reasons why I don't think it is a Star Wars film. Is one the trappings? Two, there is no major 
turnaround for the character. So for me, it's more that it's a feeling <laughs> to the film. I liked so was it doesn't have to have all of the trappings necessarily. As I say, the first part one and part two to an extent had the trappings, but just didn't have the sense of feeling about it. And to me, it's almost like there's a, it's an in, an intangible thing that I can see and say, yes, that's the style. It's, it's, it's a, a bit like Agatha Christie within about a chat. Uh, the first few pages, I can tell whether it's a Poirot or a Miss Marple just by her writing style because she writes differently for the two of them without knowing anything more. But I can't tell you what she writes or how she writes differently. I can just see it in the writing and it's that kind of thing that just feels slightly different. For me, it's the trappings, definitely, which obviously expand over time. If yeah. if we look back to, to 1978, for example, all of the uh, the spin-offs just felt like clones of A New Hope, as we now know it. Mm. Everything that has been added since then would have felt like not Star Wars at that point, yeah. even though it feels like Star Wars to us now. So trappings are important and the world expanding, but also it's the, the fantasy element of good versus evil, fairy tale almost. Yeah, That's something which is very rooted in the original trilogy. And in the sequel trilogy, to an extent, not quite so well done in the prequels, I don't think. And potentially harder to ascertain in Solo. Yeah. Uh, we haven't spoken about it yet properly. We'll do it in a moment. Oh. Mandalorian. <laughs> there, for me, Mandalorian is absolutely Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Again, you've got quite a moral compass to the whole thing, to the main character and his journey. The trappings are sort of Star Wars, but not quite. You've got some Rem's Empire there. But it's much more of a Firefly-esque Western mm. sci-fi. Mm. But it still feels totally Star Wars to oh, me. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. We also have a new member of the podcast. <laughs> a silent she hasn't said She hasn't said a word, but no. she's looking awfully cute. Hello, Crunchy! <laughs> Karen and Keith Cats join them. <laughs> she's, oh, not, she's not purring. No. She's sniffing, but she's not purring. Oh, well... <laughs> Okay, people, we'd like to know what you think makes a Star Wars film and why Keith is incorrect <laughs> in his insistence that Solo isn't one. You can do so yeah. by writing to us at show at staggeringstories.net. been watching tv not mm. terrestrial tv nothing so mundane no. we've been watching disney tv but it isn't childish stuff <laughs> we've been watching the mandalorian Pause for music I know some people who would argue that it is childish stuff, but, you know. <laughs> really? Really, no. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen any Japanese Ronin yeah. films yeah. or TV no. series? I haven't no. seen, but I know where you're coming from. This is basically a Japanese Ronin series. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, in some respects, that's what I like, because Star Wars was the Hidden Fortress. Yes. Which is mm -hmm. a... A Japanese movie and it's about a Ronan going out to protect this is the lone samurai is being charged with protecting the child that is the miracle child the mystical child the what have you child and has to take the miracle child to the place where it must be taken and has adventures along the way saving the villagers and battling and that's oh, basically yeah. what this is <laughs> yeah completely unabashedly yeah, yeah delightfully <laughs> Yeah, Ebby spoke about this a long time ago now, but it has yes finally yeah. finished on Disney Plus in the UK. Yeah, after the odd decision of putting it out weekly. Yeah, <laughs> even though we had it far far later than Ebby in the States and Australia and Netherlands and God knows where else. <laughs> but we're not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we say about it? it hasn't already been said i don't know it's our take on it i suppose it's the way it is the way yeah <laughs> can, can someone answer a question for me yeah he can't be boba fett because no. he's, he's not i was gonna say because if yoda is 50 and he looks like that there's no way he would still be alive it's to be yoda. boba fett yeah. it's not yoda it's just a child of the same race is it? Oh, I, yeah, I've got the yeah. feeling it was Yoda. No, no, because no. it's no, no, no. set 
Arthur people call, Jedi. call him Baby, baby Yoda. Because he oh, right. looks like Baby yeah. Yoda. <laughs> Officially, just... he's called the child. Yeah. All right, because I was just going to say, he can't, he can't have lived that long to be... No, no, it's probably not made very clear in the series, but it is set after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, about right. five years. Uh, so it's in that gap between yeah, Jedi the and Force original Awakening. trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Yeah. No, that is not made clear at all in the series. <laughs> can I, can there, I do there... an impression? Go on. Construct number two, when that nasty stormtrooper oh, punched Baby Yoda. <laughs> well, there was no need for that. <laughs> I got very angry, very angry indeed. Uh, I've recently rewatched it, and I've been watching the reactors react to that, and a oh, few yeah. of them get quite upset. Yeah, yeah, it's a puppet. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's quite a dangerous thing to do because Baby Yoda, the, the child, yeah, is quite a powerful character. It's, oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. taken a shine to Bandol. Mandal, Mandalorian, yeah, and Mandal, you know yeah. when they're having an argument, losing the chest, he's about to kill the gillies with, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not very protective. Yeah, bad guy. It's basically, I suppose we should say quickly what it is. It is about a lone Mandalorian yep. who's out trying to make money where he can as as a bounty hunter, generally, in an attempt to prop up what remains of the Mandalorian people. Yeah, well, it's uh, more more, more of a, hiding now. Then, then it's more not of a creed. people are they? It's it's well, it a way, a bit like people. the yeah. samurai because it, it's you, more. Of a creed. Yeah, creed. Yeah, yeah. A group of people, not necessarily a race. Yeah. Yeah. Although a lot of them are from the Mandalorian race, but uh, he's not. He's he's a foundling. Yeah, adopted foundling. Much as uh, the child is now a foundling as well. Yeah. It's only eight episodes, which is quite short, and the episodes themselves are quite short. They're about half an hour long, aren't they? Some of them are half hour and 45 minutes generally. Yeah. Mm. But I like the fact that it doesn't feel the need to to stretch things out for 42 minutes Mm. or whatever, just because that's how how it is. Yeah. It's one long story but each episode is just right just has enough story to fill it it's not padded mm. yeah they don't bother with padding they tell their story they get out yeah, yeah. basically which is, which, which is great refreshing need a bit longer they have a bit longer if yeah. it doesn't need to be any longer they it, just cut it, it. it's a series of incidents or episodes as they go along yeah and generally it's been really highly praised mm. Mm. but I have heard from at least one person who just didn't get it and said that they couldn't relate to the main character at all really yeah I thought he was wonderful yeah me too but I sort of see it because you can't See their face. Well, no, no, it's just a voice. Yeah. But. No disrespect, but I, I don't think the main character is relatable. He's like the uh, Clint Eastwood, the lone stranger, the outsider, the gunman. Yeah, that that is what he's meant. Yeah, to be, it's not it? meant mm. to be relatable. Man with no name. Yes. Literally, for most of the season, he hasn't isn't named. Yeah. Those who call him just call him Mando, short for Mandalorian, yeah. which mm. is which is, again back to his creed. Yeah. Even he says when his name is mentioned in the final episode or penultimate episode, even he mentions that he hasn't heard that name for quite a while. Yeah. Mm. Which makes me think, what do the other Mandalorians call him? <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They might have their own secret names that are used within the society. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Personally, I love the character. Yeah. Uh, mm. A lot of people, myself included, really liked Boba Fett yeah. back in the day, even though he was really badly treated in yeah. all the films, frankly. The only film he's any good in is Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> when we first see him. The way he's killed off. Pathetic. Or apparently not now. <laughs> or maybe, is he? Uh, in Jedi, <laughs> yeah, is not great. The treatment of the, the Fets in the prequel series was not great. Yeah. But, so here we finally have a character of that ilk. That I can really appreciate and think, yeah, that's how you should have done Boba Fett. Yeah. Look, the words Toontaric is springing to mind. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Is, Bo- is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? Because the whole look of him it is was, very similar. It was the armour, so mm. I'm assuming that he was part of the creed. Because he had to yeah. earn, earn his armour, didn't he? Yeah. And he had to earn upgrades to his armour. He was like a walking computer game. So either Boba <laughs> yeah, Fett nicked it all from a Mandalorian, or Boba Fett was also a Mandalorian yeah. at some point. Maybe Django was, but I don't think Boba Fett ever was. He inherited the armour. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So how, so how, did Mandal- how did the Mandalorian end up with the baby? He's given a mission by some ex-Imperials who are still trying to hold on to power. Mm-hmm. Which I like the whole idea of the fact that the Empire, although officially gone... Yeah. There's still different it's, parts it's of it trying to retain power. Yeah. yeah. And there's this one group who's trying to get hold of the child. I, Just a, a mark, as far as Mando is concerned. I, I could be mistaken, but the moth in charge of that little group is actually a director who's better known for directing films than appearing in them. Uh, well, Moff Gideon's the one who's ultimately yeah, the, in the, charge. The, you mean um, Werner Herzog? Yes. The client who is the client. named properly. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's more of a director. This 
is his one of his oh, first. This is one of his first acting roles. Oh, you're right. Director, screenwriter, author, actor, and opera director. Yeah. <laughs> quite a quite thing a with he's got pie. Yeah. We mentioned already Taika Waititi is in here as IG. Yeah. Sorry, IG 11, not IG 88, as I did here. So he's a director. Also, the, the other directors of the episodes show up as X Wing pilots in one of the episodes. Mm. Mm. I did not know that. Well, fleetingly, yeah. This entire, That'll be the one where he goes and rescues someone and then. This entire kills. series seems to be the television version of fan fiction in many respects. It's like, it it's is. like a gift yeah. to the hardcore fans. Even da- down is. to the in- inside jokes, like the, the stormtroopers not being able to shoot <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Shaking yeah, yeah. his gun at his ear to see if there's anything wrong with it. There's just yeah. every little thing a Star Wars fan IG could want. And- is is in mm. here yeah. an Argonauta's yeah. uh, proper character oh yeah completely uh, that's why it's so great I think it's why Star Wars fans particularly really love it because yeah. this is the Star Wars we want to see yeah think- this is the Star Wars I was playing my Palatoy figures yeah <laughs> I think because it is that whole dirty dozen western Japanese what low warrior which is what the first Star Wars film was based around yeah. it's got that same feel and I think that's what appeals to a lot of the viewers who are from that era is it it does have that same feel it does have that kind of like same the lone underdog who you really shouldn't be rooting for because in some respects they're the bad guy he's a bounty hunter his job is going out just to arrest people but on yeah. the other hand he isn't a bad guy mm. he's definitely changed rose he starts off as a very amoral character yeah mm. and then he, he gains morality through the child yeah. I, I i think also it's something to do with the fact that you can't can't get away from it star wars is now an institution is a brand so when oh, yeah. when you go into that you're expecting a certain type of return the mandalorian mm-hmm. is giving you that type of return which the star wars films may not necessarily be doing now do you know yeah. what i came mm. away from the first episode thinking that the what? whole that it was very much like a quest from star wars galaxies yeah where you've yeah, got this, that first you've got this main quest yeah. And you yeah. get distracted by these little side quests. That's what the whole <laughs> series is like. Effectively, there is an ongoing arc. So the first three episodes are the, the setting up of the main story. Then you have a three episodes which are just standalones. Yeah. Mm. Then you have a, a two-part finale. What was the name of the character with the thing that looked like a fish on legs? Oh, uh, I have spoken. Queel. Yeah, Queel. That was it. The I, I have spoken guy. Or... <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot was... of really memorable characters. Yeah. yeah. I, ha- I have to say, for, for Tatooine, to be in the middle of nowhere on the backwater. There seems to be a lot goes on there. They end up at Mos Eisley, and it's very <laughs> obviously on one. Tatooine because you've what? got the um sand, the sand people, and all the rest of it. Yeah. For, for, for the half episode, end yeah. of the um, of the galaxy, there seems to be a lot going on there. There's <laughs> only one episode they go there. The other desert planet with Quill is isn't Tatooine. Yeah, uh, um, mm. I think we sh- I need to give a little shout out to IG Eleven when we saw IG eighty eight in Empire Strikes back it was wonderful to mm-hmm, yeah. figure out how that think of how that worked and you'd uh, play with your toys acting out how that worked to actually yeah. see that in action <laughs> yeah on the first oh, yeah. episode the uh robot Again, running around the fans idea yeah. of what what it would be like and they completely pulled it off yeah the technology behind this is, is quite amazing as uh, we've now discovered mm. how a lot of the backgrounds are just uh, a screen yeah a mm. video screen yeah. They've never actually been out into the desert. Yeah. That's all it's, it's a video it's, screen. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> a, a floor-to-ceiling LED screen. Yeah. I'm a bit disappointed really to tech. know that, actually. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, the way that travel's going to be restricted for the next 12 to 18 months, I think a lot of films will be made along that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. As Star Wars did back in the day, they're, they're really pushing the envelope yeah. in terms of technology. Mm. And actually, they're quite old school in many ways. A lot of it is done in camera. Yeah. Like all these backgrounds are done in camera, even though they are 3D models. But a lot of practical effects like the child most of the time is a practical puppet we were saying about what makes Star Wars I think that actually might be one of the things that does make the difference between a Star Wars and a non-Star Wars for me is how much of something is done in camera that isn't CGI you can tell the difference between a Muppet Mm. and a CGI Yeah. yeah 
Oh, yeah. And the Muppet feels more real than the CGI. It, it feels like a living creature because the way the, the puppeteers work. Mm. And I think the more that's done in camera that they can do, the better. And that, that's one of the things I think that does make the feel different between when something is or isn't a Star Wars film, I think we was just talking about, also, is how much of it is, is in camera and how much of it is done afterwards in a paint shop and, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. It's also mm. down to the actors. I know they're mm. actors. I know their craft is reacting to things that aren't there. And ma- but it's easier to act against a puppet than it is a little mark on the ground. Mm. You, you, yeah, you get you more of a genuine reaction from them. No, there's a mm. lot of actors that can't act against the old ping pong yeah. ball on a on a uh, stick. I, I, I rem- <laughs> the most thing that I remember is when Firefly came out, and it was Revenge of the Sith. It came out roughly at the same time. Mm. Really? Okay. Uh, so, uh, I think it was Serenity, perhaps. Um, mm. You got Revenge of the Sith. They were there on a green screen in a green background, riding a green coated lorry, mm. and. Tending yeah. to swing themselves around, whereas Serenity couldn't afford that, so they put uh, the the <laughs> mule. They constructed the mule, put it on the back of a truck, put the actors in the mule, <laughs> and then physically <laughs> swung them, them around. around. And the, the the reaction is much better. Yeah. Well, that's because they were frightened they were going to die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's a shame though that with the Mandalorian, it is only available on Disney at the moment. Yes. Do we know if it's going to be released on? DVD or I wouldn't expect it anytime soon but I'm sure it will it w- make it to the Blu-ray at some point Disney will want to get as much money out of this as they can yeah, especially so at the moment making of some behind the scenes yeah so it will eventually maybe a couple of years but it will eventually come out to DVD or, or Blu-ray yeah interesting whether they do a season 2 I have an addendum for season 2 do we want to say it uh, I, <laughs> is it spoilery well I've, I don't know I don't know rumours are that Django Fett will be turning up as played Django? Yes. Boba Fett. Sorry, Boba... Well, no, yes, it will Django Fett. It, it's Boba Fett, but it's played by the Django Fett actor. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're clones, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Bobo will Bobo will be turning up, but it will be the same actor who's played Jan- uh, Django Fett. Oh, so, so will Boba Fett actually be given some good stuff to do? <laughs> well... And not come out of it looking like a bit, a bit of a loser? Well... <laughs> I think with the next series, it's obviously going to be very much similar you know that he's going to end up having adventures as he tries to find where this his tribe what a yoga species called we don't we don't yeah they've not been named we know Um, nothing much about them wherever they come from but i'm wondering how there is an element of menace to this one because obviously they are on the run from other bounty hunters I wonder if that's going to make a change when they do the second season, that it's there's there's still got to be an element of menace, I think. There still has to be people after that child. Mm -hmm. Because although there's the search, that isn't enough, if you know what I mean. There needs to be a little bit more to it. I think we are, because we still have that moth out there with the larger Imperial Remnant holding Mm. the Darksaber, which was... Mm -hmm. I I don't know the history of the Darksaber, but I know Jamie was jumping up and down when it appeared it was I know I love that it looks like a proper sword rather than a lightsaber that's got lots of electricity around it I liked it I think that has turned up quite a few times in the Clone Wars the cartoon series so Mm. yeah yeah. one thing it's got a big history to it yeah will they be I know Disney owns the franchise now but would they Mm -hmm. name Yoda's species in anything other than a film you know would they would they name give him a, a species name in this if they were going to do it I think they would do it in the Mandalorian mm. I don't think there's any easy way to do it in the film now I'd rather they didn't do it at all yeah mm. I, it just, it's, they, it's they like, may well not it's like yeah. making Daphne fall in love with Niles all of a sudden it took all the, the mystery and all the fun out of it yeah and <laughs> yeah I think it, they should just remain completely unknown maybe they do that yeah mm. it'll be interesting that... to find out what its name is at some point it will have to have a name or oh, they yeah. will name it yeah. um, yes. be interesting to find out what they call it. Nah, yeah, I think that would be quite early next season because I think they're probably fed up with people calling it uh, Baby Yoda. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, Adam, someone yeah. behind you is looking a bit mm-hmm. annoyed. And sinister. He's shaded in darkness. He really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has he got a wig on? No, it's a, um, he's got a, a baseball dealer's cap. cap. Dealer's cap or baseball cap. He looks like cap. he's got a black wig on underneath it. It's really <laughs> no, weird. No, no, he's got his normal hair. Oh, ah, oh it's it actually away. quite Put dark. It, it is, isn't it? Mm. 
I think we should say hello to him. Hello. Hello. hello, hello, hello and various other things that are inhabiting and self-isolating with Adam. It's, it's yeah. the beady eyes that are following yeah. him around. It's really creepy. It would only look <laughs> creepier if it was behind Jean in the dark. Just every, like, like the guy who's like the guy. standing against the wall. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, actually, it's nice, so you can't tip it to me for the um for the planning board meeting, and I could just have it, and I could have a light on timer that slowly comes up so this head suddenly materialises beside that would be, me. That would be fun. So, is there anything more we can say about the Mandalorian? Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it now. Yeah, that's about it, really. Go for the seven days free trial, watch it, and then give up the seven days free trial. <laughs> I'm sure there's other stuff on there. Nah, not really. <laughs> okay, chaps and chaps. Chappesses and everyone, we'd like to know what you thought of The Mandalorian. Mm. Is it the way? And we have spoken. Exactly. So write to us via show. At Staggering Stories. Dot. Net. You got it right. Woo. And now over to Crumbly with his views on various things. Time to put the kettle on now. (laughs) Harsh. (laughs) Hi, Crumbly. Hello, Crumbly here. While the rest of the Staggering Stories team are enjoying the convivial atmosphere of the music hall establishment of one Mr. Henry Gordon Jago, I am down underground in the sewers of London hunting for giant rats. However, I'm going to take a break in order to share my thoughts on countermeasures and what makes Star Wars Star Wars. Countermeasures is a series that I've been introduced to only recently. Produced by Big Finish, it is a spin-off from Doctor Who. I get the impression that it is more a tip of the hat to Men in Black as well as using situations and characters from Doctor Who, but at the same time having an identity very much of its own. The trio of stories we're reviewing have a story arc that can be listened to as standalone stories if needs be. The first of the stories, The Hollow King, involves otherworldly goings-on as a country retreat, presided over by a self-styled guru, or more sinisterly, a cult leader. Strange occurrences, including sightings of mysterious lights in the sky, and hysteria and delusions, all with a common link being experienced by the visitors to this strange country retreat. All of this points to activity within a nearby burial mound of an ancient king. The Mavella manoeuvre sees the return of those funky androids, who are a long-time thorn in the metaphorical side of the Daleks. A few things made me chuckle in this episode. Firstly, the promotional music for the Robo Helper advertisement wouldn't have sounded out of place on a Kraftwerk CD. Secondly, I get the impression that Sir Toby and uh, Sir Henry Gritpip Thin from The Goon Show have a common ancestry, both smoothed, debonair and silkily tongued, but I would worry if Sir Toby had a faithful underling called Moriarty. The premise is that Mavellans are on Earth, in order to make more villains, in order to continue their ages-long war against their enemies, the Daleks. Which leads us neatly into the Dalek Gambit. Those grumpy pepper pots are on Earth, having detected villain activity, and a three-way war has broken out. The plot involves Rachel and Group Captain Gilmore being trapped on a Dalek mothership, Sir Toby and Allison forming an uneasy alliance with their former enemy, the immoral and mysterious Lady Clare. The army are called in and blundering as usual, taking pot shots at anyone strutting their funky stuff or trundling around, plungers waving menacingly. This inadvertently leads to one of the most memorable lines of the series. Hang on men, we're fighting a disco! I must mention the job done by the actors. There are uh, former Doctor Who alumni, notably Pamela Salem, who we last saw and reviewed in The Robots of Death. All in all, an enjoyable series of audio plays, which take the best elements of Doctor Who while being a refreshingly different standalone series. Now, on to what makes Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, The science fiction movie uh, scene in the mid to late 70s was uh, something of a desert, with only classics like 2001 Space Odyssey and Silent Running being standalone and two of a handful, and additionally, the much derided but watchable Logan's Run and Dark Star, which was very much the sci-fi stoner movie. Ah, let's just say Star Wars blew the whole thing wide open when it was released. My wife, a fake Crumbly, can can claim bragging rights. 
because she saw it on its initial release in the USA you know, months before it was uh, its UK release. The main selling point of Star Wars is that it draws very much on the space opera and heroism that's prevalent in series like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers, and also the pulp sci-fi magazines like Astounding Stories and its peers that were so prevalent in the 1930s and 40s, with lantern-jawed all-American heroes venturing out into space with an elderly academic sidekick and a swooning female in tow. It almost uh, makes use of a strong Anglo-American cast, which was lacking in movies at the time. It was groundbreaking because of the three principal characters. Han Solo was very much the cocky, self-reliant gunslinger that we have seen in previously in, in numerous westerns. Princess Leia, however, was very much a revelation in the fact that she was a strong, independent woman who could look after her, herself and not either scream and faint at the first sight of an alien bug-ugly, or get carried off by the aforementioned alien bug-ugly, with an all-too-human leer on its face. Luke Skywalker was very much the proverbial farm boy who wanted to break free of his stifling surroundings. This was provided by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Again, something never seen in sci-fi movies was the role of a wise and friendly mentor, complete with the quasi-religious overtones of an all-pervasive energy field permeating the entire galaxy. Sci-fi movies have always operated in a here-and-now scenario, and the religious intimations of the Force were unheard of. Additionally, the whole concept of an order of people acting like the Knights Templar or the honor-bound samurai of feudal Japan was unheard of before, and so was the weapons they used. Ray guns and blasters are part and parcel of any sci-fi movie, but a lightsaber, with its uh, chivalric use as a weapon of honour, was unusual to say the least. The concept used by George Lucas in Star Wars will continue with the whip-toting Indiana Jones. To continue the samurai movie analogy, the most of the narrative is seen from the point of view of the servants, and this continues by way of the droids C-3PO and R2-D2. All good movies need a baddie, and Darth Vader was no exception. Like the baddie in Westerns who always wore a black Stetson, he was no exception, but as we will see in later movies, there are always shades of grey in between. Mention can also be made of the design of the ships. Ships are either rocket ships or flying saucers. The only exceptions in the late 60s and the 70s were either the USS Discovery or the Valley Forge. And not to mention the stirring orchestral soundtrack by Chabul Ganachon's nemesis, John Williams. By way of summing up, Star Wars broke the mould for sci-fi movies and its like will never be replicated for a long time to come. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Ah, but never fear, in the next one there'll be more of the same. More fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more who old and new. So until that C for countermeasures comes calamitously, catastrophically, corsetly, calumny comes climatically, creaking clumsily towards us. This is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Farewell. Au revoir. Goodbye. Bye-bye. That's very strange. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 341, featuring Adam J. Purcell, some of Andy Simpkins, fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the sites. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Adam suggested that we discuss what we thought made Star Are we keeping you up? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, yeah, we do that, we do that. We never did. But yeah. uh, now we're doing Mandalorian, it sort of makes sense that we can talk a bit this, more about this, it. I think. This is my fault. You ju- yeah. Oh, that's because you said Solo wasn't a Star yeah, Wars I, I movie. I enjoyed Solo, but I wasn't entirely convinced it was a Star Wars movie. Okay, well, sh- shall we do an intro yeah. to this before we start? Staggering. Staggering. <laughs> Do that again. Yep. Show at. Staggering. Stories. <laughs> we do that again. Right, after Keith, Gene. Okay. Because <laughs> 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 we're not sat in the right order in our chair. I know. I, I know. know. Yep. Has yep. the cat just sat on you or is it sitting on Keith? That's well, she's, she's on my leg. Up. There she is. Ah. <laughs> All right then, chaps and chapesses. We have no feedback, do we? No. Can I please? No, I can I lead check. out to this from this Mandalorian thing, madam? <laughs> Sorry. And now over to Crumbly with some feedback and 
Oh, start that sentence Is again. it a location report? I'm going to start it again. Is yeah. it a location report? Probably not. Okay. And he's done the, the lead out again, so we just have to say goodbye. I'll go first, then Jean, then Adam. And me last. Okay. Yeah, okay. Farewell. Sorry, I was miles away. <laughs> We're saying goodbye. I'll say, I'll go first. Stop then you, reading your tablet. Then Adam, okay. then Keith. No, I suddenly had a message come up. Okay. <laughs> woo 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 woo.